Isaiah chapter 10 and verse number 12. And I want to tell you in advance, we don't have specific altar times at this church. If the Lord's dealing with you, you're welcome to come and pray at the altar at any time. Whether it be during Sunday school or any time during the service. It does not have to be at the specific altar call. If God's dealing with you, the altar's open, come and pray. That's what it's here for, amen. Um, I want to look at uh, Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 this morning. I was praying about where the Lord wanted me to be this for this morning's service. The Lord directed me to this specific verse in Hosea. The verse says in verse 12, it says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Now that is a very powerful verse. And uh, listen, folks, I think that we could say there's no greater piece of scripture for our generation in America and for our generation of Christians, especially here in America, than the words that are found in this verse. Hosea makes it abundantly clear that if we are going to see the Lord work, there are going to have to be some things that are going to need to be broken up and drastically changed in our lives. Listen, friend, the status quo will not work any longer because staying at the status quo means that we have become fallow and inactive as Christians. We need to be recultivated we need to be stirred up once again that we might see the Lord revive us again and infuse us with new life from God. Amen. Yes. You know, oftentimes I feel like that we Christians can, we can be similar to the lost in, in some respects. You see, many, many lost people will tell you, boy, I need to get saved. Uh, they would even tell you they want to get saved and that they want to go to heaven. And yet when they are unwilling to do anything about it, I, I know I've talked to numerous individuals and I say, well, you know, you're lost. You know, you've broken God's commandments. You know, you're not going to get to heaven. So when are you going to repent and give your life to Christ and, and trust him as your Lord and Savior? And, and they'll say something like, well, um, I really should. I'll probably, I probably need to do it sometime. But nothing ever comes of it. You see, they care not to repent of their sins and turn to and trust in Jesus because they love their sin and they want to continue in it. And so they remain unaltered and they remain unsaved because it is easier in their mind to simply remain as they are than to genuinely, sincerely repent of their wicked way and turn to and trust in Christ and give their life to him as their Lord and Savior. And let me tell you, Christians, we often act in a very similar way when it relates to our spiritual life and vitality as believers. We say, boy, I really, I really want, I just really want to see the Lord revive us again. Boy, I want that so bad. Boy, I just, I really want to see souls saved. I really want to see God reach down and, and do a great work in my life, in my day, in my church. I want those things. I want to see a great awakening. I want to see great revival. But, get that big old button there, but I'm not willing to change anything. 
I'm not willing to allow my status quo Christian life to be broken up. That I might see the Lord move in and grant new life. And so we never see any new and fresh work of God in our life. Because we are unwilling to break up and to change the stinking status quo in our Christian life that we have grown so comfortable with, Christians. I mean, really, Christian, when was the last time you saw any real change, any real growth in your Christian life? Has it been a while? I think probably for some of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we'll have to say it has. Maybe it's because you've become fallow ground. Now listen, fallow doesn't mean that it hasn't seen great harvest or a great work done on it in the past, right? Any farmer could tell you that. But fallow means that it has remained in the same unchanged condition, uncultivated condition for some time now. I mean, it's just been left there stagnant, dormant, nothing changing about it. And listen, Christian, you can't live off the victories of the past. We need a new and fresh working of God in our lives. And in your mind, you may have all the basics of Christian life down. You may say, well, I've got it down, preacher. I read my Bible. I pray. I go to church. I do it again, right? But you know what the truth is? That these things can very easily be part of our status quo Christianity. Where we just go through the routines. Amen. We go through the motions. Because we know we're supposed to do those things as believers, right? And so we go through those motions. And yet our lives are fallow. They're fallow because, listen, there's no real forward progress in our Christian lives. There's no fresh working of God in our lives. Amen. We are often prone to give up seeking and to be content staying. It's not what God wants. <coughs> Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Think about what that implies. That implies that we are not content, we are not satisfied, that we are seeking for more of the Lord and more of his working in our lives. And this is what we need in our Christian life. A, a walk that is seeking more of the working of God and a greater demonstration of the working of God in our lives than we have ever seen before. Not contented Christianity. Contented Christianity is a fallow Christianity. God's not happy with that believer. You may say, well, I'm attained. I've, I've got the things down. I go to church. I read my Bible. I do my, I do my, my religious Christian things. But if there's no forward progress in your Christian life, you become fallow. I don't care to what stage you think you've attained. If there's no forward progress in your Christian life, you become fallow. God is not pleased with that, Christian. We need to see a new and a fresh working of God in our lives. And in our church, might I add. Now, 
Notice in our text, or before I even get to that, some, some people might, might say, well, you know, preacher, you, you know, you might say we need this, but, you know, I, I really think I'm okay. I mean, I really think I'm fine. Well, I want you to ask you for just a minute to look at your prayer indicator. What type of prayer life do you have? You know, nobody in here knows but you and God. What type of prayer life do you have? Because let me tell you, friend, when our prayer life has been boiled down to petty little prayers here and there, pray when we get up a little bit with our Bible reading, pray a little bit on the road, pray a little bit before we eat, pray a little bit before we go to bed. When it's been boiled down to that, be sure you have become fallow ground. We become fallow. We become satisfied with doing our religious things and thinking that we've done all that God wants and we're stagnant as Christians in our lives. There's other indicators as well. Sincere faithfulness is lacking. If that's lacking, do you find it more excuses of why you shouldn't come to church than excuses of why you should come to church? Do you find more excuses of why you shouldn't read your Bible or shouldn't pray than why you should? Then listen, that's an indicator you become fallow ground. If your service is done half-heartedly or not at all, then guess what? I think you've become fallow ground. If your consciousness of souls around you that are dying and going to hell is lacking or missing in your life, then maybe you become fallow ground. And if your supplication, your prayer life has become petty and not all that important, then guess what? You've probably become fallow ground. Listen. Prayer life is vital. Hey, listen, Jesus spent so much time talking about how important it was to pray. He taught us to pray. He never even taught. We don't see him even teaching the disciples how to preach, do we? We don't see him teaching them how to do many other things. But he taught them how to pray because he realized that a vital Christianity and a live Christianity is a Christianity which is infused with real, sincere prayer. Amen. Not petty praying. Not justified praying where we do our little tidbit to say, there, I've done it. I can check my box off for the day. That's fallow ground. May God wake us up this morning, Christians. Because I'll tell you what, it's not just the contemporary churches that are going to sleep on the job. Listen, if the fundamental churches in America would wake up again and break up the fallow ground, then listen, God could still do a work in this place. But the fact of the matter is that even the fundamental Christians are sleeping on the job. And they become fallow. May God help us to really think about this this morning and see our need for him to break up that foul ground. Notice here in our text, it conveys to us as we read this verse, it conveys to us that we are not ready to seek the Lord, to have that forward progress. We're not ready for that. 
And we're not ready for that fresh and greater working of God to see him rain righteousness upon us. We're not ready for that until what? Until we are first willing to break up some things in our lives. That broken ground has to take place first. That breaking up has to take place first. May the Lord help us today to see our need to break up our fallow ground as we examine some of these things that need to be broken up so we can seek the Lord and see him do a fresh work in our lives. Now, granted, you can go through this service like any other service. And the words that I speak this morning, you can let go in one ear and out the other, and you can leave unchanged. But I hope that you allow the Lord, even now, I hope in your seat you'll be praying, Lord, deal with me today. Because I know we need this. I know I need revival. I know our church needs revival. I know our country needs revival. And listen, I know it's not going to happen unless something drastically changes. Unless there's some breaking up that takes place. If this fallow ground will get churned up once again, that God might infuse it into the life of God. And I think we might see God do a work in this place again. And I'll tell you, we need it, folks. We need it in our church, we need it in our lives, and we desperately need it in our country. And so I want us to consider just five things this morning about things that we need to see broken up if we're going to see God revive us again and do a work in this place. First of all, we must break up our deadness. Revelation chapter number three. I want to look at verse one through three. Under the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Too many Christians today, um, or to many Christians today, I believe the Lord would have the same reproof, the same reprimand that he did for this church at Sardis. And his reprimand to them was that you have a name that you live, but what? But you are dead. Many modern Christians have become just like that. They are spiritually like walking dead men. Because outwardly they go through all the motions of what Christianity ought to be. But inwardly, the spiritual life and the vitality of God is gone. It's void. It's absent. There's nothing there. As Jesus said to the Pharisees, they are like white sepulchers, which appear beautiful for men to see outwardly, but inwardly they are full of dead men's bones. It's all dead on the inside. And listen, friend, we need to break up our deadness that God might grant new Fresh life. Just like that fallow, dead ground must be broken up 
in order to see new and fresh life. May we repent, as Revelation says, repent of our deadness. Confess it to God. Agree with him. God, I've been dead in my faith. I've been dead in my, in my following of you, in my living for you. I've been dead in these areas. And oh God, might you grant me some new life and do a fresh work in my life. Confess it. Because if you don't, God's not going to do anything about it. Confession means you're agreeing with God about your condition. And the problem is that we have no confession. We're going through our emotions of Christianity thinking everything's good and everything's fine. And the reality is everything's not fine. We're dead. We're white sepulchers full of dead men's bones. And we need the life of God again in this place. Not dead religion. Not a dead form of Christianity. But the real thing. Psalms chapter 85 and verse 6. In this text, Psalms 85, verse number 6. In this verse, the psalmist writes, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Think of the power of that. What does it mean to revive something? It means to grant new life, right? To grant fresh life. Uh, when Lazarus came forth, he was revived and he came forth from the tomb. Listen, we need an infusion of new life from God. We need to be revived again, amen? Because many, if not most of us as Christians, we have become dead on the inside and just put up a nice beautiful exterior on the outside for all to see. And listen, it is not what God wants, Christians. Amen. May God help us to draw nigh to God once again and see the power of God once again in our lives. As Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14, Awake, arise from the dead, and Christ will give thee life. Listen, friend, Christ has the power to do it, but we've got to be willing to confess unto God and tell him, God, I confess, I've been dead in my faith, I've been dead in my Christianity, and I need inside a resurrection to take place, God. Won't you rise again inside me, revive me again, that I might see a, a fresh working of God in my life. We must break up the fallow ground of our deadness and listen and Christ will give us life we'll see his working but if we want to continue justifying ourselves and 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 saying how fine we are we've got no problem we're unwilling to acknowledge it then nothing's going to change if you want to continue in your status quo Christianity thinking all's good because you've got your checklist and you checked all your boxes off nothing's going to change Burn your checklist, Christian, and get your heart right with God. And get alone with God and learn what it means to really spend some time in prayer with God. Get back to old-time religion, amen, when it really means something in your life. Instead of this dead routine that we're going through as believers nowadays. So we've got to break up our deadness. The deadness of that fallow ground if we want to see God work again. I notice also that we need to break up our apathy. You look with me at Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 and 9 to 19. 
Now, I hope you'll be honest with yourself this morning, Christian, because it's going to be real easy for you to say, oh, sure, that's good, preacher. Walk out at the door unchanged. Just like any other service. I hope you'll be praying. I hope you'll let the Lord impart these things to your heart this morning. Because we need something to happen here. As Brother Nero said, you know what? If things don't change soon, there's going to be some awful things taking place. We need a move of God to happen here. In our country, in our church, in our lives as Christians. We can't be satisfied where we're at. We need something more. And so we've got to break up our deadness. But also I see that we need to break up our apathy. Starting in verse 14 in Revelation 3. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. See then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Boy, that's powerful, is it not? Verse 18 says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. And as many as I love, I rebuke. And chasten, be zealous, therefore, and repent. The old I stand at the door. To many Christians today, the Lord is the same reprimand that he did for the church of Laodicea. You're lukewarm. You're rich and increased with goods, and you think that you really don't need anything. But in reality, you're spiritually poor and blind and naked. And it shows up in the fact that you don't care to be in church whenever the doors are open. And it shows up in the fact that you don't care to spend any real time with God in prayer. And it shows up in the fact that you really don't care that people are dying around you and going to hell. You could care less. You pass them by day by day. You don't share the gospel with them. It doesn't seem to make any difference to you. And it shows up in the fact that you don't serve God at all, or if you do, you do it with half of a heart, and you could care less if you give it your full ability. Why? Because you're lukewarm. You're apathetic. You are satisfied with life as it is because you think that you have what you need. But in reality, you become careless and apathetic and unconcerned and indifferent about the things of God. And that's not going to cause you to have a very valuable. According to God, you're wretched, miserable, blind, and naked. Because the things of the world, the cares and the affairs of the world, have become more important to you than the things of God. To you, God says, repent, break up the fallow ground, Christians. Break up that fallow, apathetic ground that I might revive you again. That I might come and sup with you. That I might grant you that new life and that fresh working of God in your life that you really need to see. We've got to have a breaking up of our deadness. We've got to have a breaking up of our apathy. 
I notice also that we need to have a breaking up of our slumber. First Thessalonians chapter number five. Verse five to eight. Ye are children of the light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us walk and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunk in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. You notice also in the... Um, Romans chapter number 13, verse 11 to 12. And that knowing the time. You not know what time it is, Christian. I'm not talking about the time of day. I'm talking about the time on God's prophetic calendar. Can you not look around you and know the time that we are living in? I hope you can. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time. To wake up out of our sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Wow, powerful verse. We as Christians are called to fight the fight. Paul said, I fought the good fight of faith. We are called to run the race. But we certainly are not to be found sleeping on the job. And I'm sad today we've got a whole lot of sleepy saints amongst American Christianity today. Many are doing just that. They've grown weary. They've grown tired in the fight of faith. And now they're just sleeping on the job. Kind of as if they're in cruise control. If Christ were to come today, I believe he would say to them like he did to Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane, what, could you not watch with me but one hour, Christian? Could you not watch with me? Good. Oh, may the Lord help us. Many Christians have become lazy in their faith. They've fallen asleep on the job, spiritually speaking. They are sleepily drifting through life when God has told them to watch and pray and be ready. Oh, may the Lord help us to break up the fallow ground of our slumbering for Jesus is coming again, friend. And the world is going to hell. And we sleepy saints lazily live, uh, have fallow and inactive ground in our lives. We just lie asleep on the job. May the Lord help us to repent. May the Lord help us today to see the error of our way and not just justify ourselves and say, I'm good where I'm at. Because that's not going to grant you revival, Christian. So I'm good. I've got my checklist. I've done this and this and this and this. I know, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm good. No, you're fallow. You're contented with no further growth, no further working of God. You're fallow. 
You become sleepy as a Christian. You're falling asleep on the job, Christian. May God help us to awake for the time is nigh when Christ is coming again. Repent and break up that fallow ground that we might see God revive us again and do a great work in our life and in our church and in our country. We need it. And I'm not preaching just to you this morning. I'm preaching to me too. I need this message just as much as anybody else in here today. God help us to break up the fallow ground of our deadness, of our apathy, of our slumber. Because I'll tell you what, the Christians in America as a whole have gone asleep on the job. And that's why the powers of wickedness have come in full force and basically taken over our country. May God help us. I notice we also need to be breaking up our weeds. Listen, friend. Fallow ground, untended, uncultivated ground, is not barren ground, is it? No. Brother Jack, you have a garden. If, uh, if you plow up that garden, but you just leave it there and it grows fallow, you don't touch it, what's going to happen to it? It's not going to be a use to you, but it's going to grow up with a bunch of weeds, isn't it? It's going to become weedy ground. Because listen, Christian, that which is left untended, that which is left untouched, is naturally going to grow weeds. Now listen, you can be sure that if the ground of your life is not being cultivated for God, that in the absence of that cultivation, the weeds of sin will creep in and take over in its place instead. You know, the Bible says a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. We know that to be true. When our kids are off by themselves and mama doesn't know what's going on, oftentimes that's when they do what? They get into trouble. But you know what? We can say the same of a garden. Garden left to itself brings up the gardener to shame. <laughs> I've got that experience before we had a garden. We let it be and thing was overcome with weeds in a very short period of time. See, ground left to itself is not going to just lie absent. It's going to get weedy. May God help. It reminds me of David. The biggest sin, the biggest problem we find in the late life of David, a man who was a man after God's own heart, one of the greatest, most spiritual men in the Bible, had great and huge victories. When David got into trouble, it was when he laid down his sword. Boy, he'd been a soldier of the Lord for so many years. But he laid down his sword. And the Bible tells us in Samuel, 2 Samuel 11, 1, that David tarried still at Jerusalem. When he laid down that sword and he let that ground grow fallow, it wasn't long before he got himself in a whole big mess because the weeds started to spring up. Don't deceive yourself into thinking that you can be a status quo Christian and everything's going to be okay. Because that's not the case. If the ground of your heart and life has grown stagnant and fallow, listen, friend, it is only a matter of time before it begins to grow the weeds of sin. So break up that fallow, weedy ground. Repent and seek the Lord and look for him to do a great 
and a fresh and a new work in your life once again. Well, I don't know about you, but I want to see a new working of God in my life. And I'm not talking about something contemporary. I'm not talking about something worldly. I'm just talking about God really stepping in and moving in my heart and life like I've not seen in some time. I want that. I want that in this place. I want that in my heart. I want that in my life. I wonder, is that what you want? Because you know what? It's not going to happen by you just saying, I want it. Because, you know, that's the way we are often as Christians. Even, even when the altar time comes, many people probably come to the altar today and say, boy, I want this. Boy, I, I want it. I, I really want it. But I'm not going to break anything up. I'm going to continue in my deadness. I'm going to continue in my apathy. I'm going to continue in my slumber. I'm, I'm going to continue with my weeds springing up. Hey, I want it. It's good. I need it. But I'm not going to break anything up. And you know what? When you won't break anything up, you're not going to see the fresh working of God. God. As Hosea says, listen, if you're not going to break it up, the fallow ground, listen, there's no reason for you to seek the Lord and see that righteousness rained on you because it's not going to happen. God. The breaking up has to happen first. And so we've got to break up our deadness. We've got to break up our apathy. We've got to break up the slumber and break up that weedy ground. Repent and turn to God and seek him to do a great work in your life again. But also, and lastly, I see here that we need to break up our hardness. Look with me, if you would, at um, Zechariah chapter 7, verse number 11 and 12, and we'll look at Hebrews as well. But they refused to hearken. And pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone. Lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts hath sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. They made their hearts like a rock to God, the Bible says here. What a sad state it is, but I'm sure that there's many Christians that have become like that in their lives today as well. They're hardened like a rock to God because they want to just do things their own way. You look also at Hebrews in chapter number 3. Hebrews 3, verse 7 to 13. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now listen, believer, let me tell you, fallow ground often becomes Hardened, rocky ground if it is left untended. Zechariah says that 
their hearts were made like an adamant stone. In Hebrews, Paul tells us, harden not your hearts like the children of Israel did when they were in the wilderness. What about you? Have you become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, as it says in Hebrews? Or maybe through the cares and affairs of this old wicked world? Have you become spiritually calloused and hardened to what God wants in your life? Because you've ignored what God wants for you and replaced it with what you want. That humanistic philosophy Brother Darrow was talking about this morning. You know what? That creeps even into the fundamental churches because oftentimes even people in fundamental churches want to be pleased rather than please God. Maybe you say, well, I, I don't know. I don't really know, preacher. Well, let me ask you, friend. When was the last time that you came to an altar call? Now you think about that. And I can tell you from experience from the time that I was young in the ministry until now, generally, it is not the least spiritual and the most sinful that respond more frequently to the altar call. But instead, it is those who are more tender and soft spiritually to the things of God and what God wants in their life that are responding at the altar call. Maybe you haven't responded in a while because your heart has become hardened to God. Good. And it needs, listen friend, it needs to be broken up again. Yeah, yeah. That God might move in. That God might do a work in your life again. What about you? Will you continue in hardness to your God? Or will you repent and, and break up that hard and fallow ground and seek for God to do something new and fresh in your life again? What about you, Christian? You content with status quo Christianity? I've done my things. I've filled my boxes. Check, check, check. I'm good. Have you just become fallow in one way or another? Through deadness, apathy, falling asleep as a Christian, letting the weeds grow up or just becoming hardened to the things of God? Let me tell you that it is, as, as Hosea said, it is time to seek the Lord. It is time. And you know what? You're not going to be ready to seek him until you're ready to break up some fallow ground in your life. But God's just waiting. He's waiting. He's looking to show himself strong in the lives of them who, whose hearts are perfect towards him. Not just anybody, but whose hearts are perfect towards him. That's not going to happen until some things get broken up in your life. You want to say, I'm fine, preacher. I'm fine. I'm going to continue my deadness. I'm going to continue my apathy. I'm going to continue drifting as a sleepy Christian to the time Christ comes. I'm going to continue letting the weeds grow up. And I'm going to continue in my hardness. I'm fine. And you're not going to see the working of God in your life. Right. You're not going to see him revive you again. What about you? Do you really want it? Don't deceive yourself and others and say, sure, I want it when you really don't in your heart and you know it. May God help us to be honest with ourselves today because I think the vast majority of us, even here in fundamental churches like this one, have become fallow. 
And it shows up in our lives because, yeah, we go through the motions of our Christianity, but our prayers have become petty. We don't spend any real time with God in prayer. We don't care. We keep busy with the things of this world. We've grown to the place where we don't care whether we're sincerely faithful to the house of God or to reading the word of God or spending time in prayer to God. We don't care about that because we've grown fallow. We don't care if we serve God. Or if we do, we do it with half of our heart, half of our ability, because our heart is not in it to begin with. As for soul consciousness, who cares? I take care of me. I go to church once a week, twice a week. They can go to hell. It doesn't matter. Now, maybe most of you probably would say that, but your actions speak louder than your words. Good. In Psalms 51, verse 16 and 17, David said the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. In Psalms 34, 18, he tells us that he is nigh to them that are of a broken heart. Listen, Christian, if you want to see God draw nigh to you again, if you want to see God rain that righteousness upon you, you want to see him do that fresh and new work in your life again, then listen, it's time to seek the Lord. It's time to break up your fellow ground and look for God to move in and do something again. Wake up, Christian. We can't see it now. I don't think we're ever going to see it. Today is a day to wake up, to break up that fallow ground and turn to God and ask him to do something new and fresh in your life. And don't be satisfied until he does. Get thoroughly discontented with where you are at in your life right now. Because if you're not, you're going to stay there. And nothing will change. As we all stand to our feet today, heads bowed and eyes closed, if the Lord spoken to your heart, don't delay in coming to an old-fashioned altar. Break up the fallow ground, Christian. Is there something that's grown fallow in your life? Would you come and pray about it? God knows we need this. Well, I'll tell you what, I needed this. This message was for me. The Lord has spoken to your heart today. Come and pray.